We've got a full bud bar where we have indoor, outdoor, greenhouse, hydroponics, and we've, we've set up a social grow up. This is Simon Lips, owner of The Alibi, an upmarket cannabis social club situated in the heart of Cape Town. And here he's discussing the cannabis products you have access to as a member of the club. Now, I know what you're thinking. How is this legal and where do I sign up? On today's episode, I visit The Alibi for a cup of coffee with Simon as we unpack all these questions and take a look into the inner workings of the cannabis social club model in South Africa. You're listening to African Gold, and I'm your host, Neil Liddell. Simon, thank you for having me. Sure. Um, Neil, only a pleasure, man. You know, I've obviously been here before, chatted to you, and I've, as I've said before, you know, you walk into this place and it is beautiful. This is the way you would expect the future to look like. Thanks, so do we. I mean, we, we've all been to the places in Amsterdam and uh, Spain and that, and we love them, but we wanted a place that we'd feel comfortable in, that you'd want to spend the day in. Not somewhere where you're happy to go in, ride a joint, and then get out of there because it's a bit dirty and dodgy. Um, we wanted to make sure that this was a comfortable place that you'd feel comfortable in for the whole day. So, so just walk us through what it is you do here. So it's obviously a private members club. Okay. Um, we're very strict to that because that's part of the law is very clear of uh, privacy. Um, if you remember, you get to come upstairs. Uh, we've got a full bud bar where we have uh, indoor, outdoor, greenhouse, hydroponics bud. We've got uh, pre-rolls, indoor, outdoor, hydroponics, greenhouse with tobacco, without tobacco, with leafolo mix. Um, there's oils, there's vapes, there's capsules, there's a full range of edibles. We've got just about everything that's available on the market in South Africa. Um, it's obviously all made by members for members. So everything comes from Cape Town and we've, we've set up a social grow up. Okay, so maybe I think it's important for people who don't know how, how the law works is how does this fit in to the legal framework? So the way we see it, and obviously our attorney see it, is the judge said privacy extends beyond the home. Um, we've ticked all the boxes to make sure this is a private place. Um, and then the judge said adults are allowed to use in private. And use obviously implies that you can use it in the way that you want to use it. So you don't have to smoke it. A lot of people don't like smoking, so they use dry vapes, they use oil vapes, they use... Um, edibles, oils, things like that. It depends on how you want it. And uh, in order to provide that to the people that want it, we've set up a social grow-up. So everything's done by members, for members. Um, we check out the members' grows. We check out uh, where they make everything. We make sure that it's not organized crime or part of a syndicate or something like that. Uh, we make sure that it is members. And we keep the quality up by checking on everyone all the time, making sure that it's all done the right way. And seems to be working. People are quite enjoying it. Yeah. Okay. So, what, what does it take to be a member? How does how does the whole setup work? So it's got to be a closed circle. So you have to be invited by an existing member. 
Um, we have a link that gets sent out by the member to prospective new members. They complete that uh, as part of the application. They say who invited them. When we when we get an application, we check with a person that they did invite, who said they were invited by them, um, and then we do some vetting. We make sure that the person is who they say they are, that they're all cool, and then if they're accepted, we'll send them an email to say you can come in, sign up, and then come and sign up, become a member. So, and if you wanted to to grow four other members, is there a different process or? So if you're a member and you do grow decent bud, you can bring us the bud. We take a look at it. We obviously test it. We look at how it smells, how it tastes, how compact it is, what it looks like. Uh, it's got a number of different things. We obviously test it. And if it's all good, then we sign a growers agreement. Everything's governed by agreements. So you've got a member's agreement. You've got a growers agreement. It's done the way it should be done as yeah. a legal business. Um, the growers agreement uh, specifies the relationship between us. Um, there's a number of points that everyone's got to stick to to make sure that it is done within the law. And um, what happens, obviously, is the, the seeds or the mother plant get donated to the club. So they become the club's weed. And then we reimburse the grower for their time and materials for growing the weed for the club. Got you. Okay, so that's that's quite similar to to what the Hayes Club was doing and that, that sort of aspect of it. So I think let's dive in a little bit into the different kind of clubs that we've got here. So, you know, the Hayes Club, our club was a, a grow club specifically. So when people hear DPCs, Dacher private clubs, I think a lot of people will just assume it's one one umbrella, but actually there's a few different kind of models that have, that have come out of it. Grow club being one, I would describe what you're doing here as sort of a social club. Um, what do you, what are the differences in your eyes? So look, I think there's room for for everyone. I think there's room for grow clubs. I think there's rooms room for private clubs, uh, social clubs as you call them. I think there's room for upmarket social clubs and downmarket and average social clubs. Um, it just depends on how you want to consume it. I mean, we've seen that for some members, they come in, they say, look, we don't smoke only indoor. We like outdoor and greenhouse and we like paying those prices. They're obviously not the type of people who want to come and spend money here. There's other places that are better suited to them. At the same time, there's guys who want to come in and get 30, 40 grams at a time. They're not going to be coming to us to do that. They're going to be going to a grow club and saying, please grow the weed for me. I know that every couple of months I need 30 or 40 grams of it, and that's the way it's going to happen. It's not cost effective for you to be doing that here. Yes, we have some members that do it. The cost doesn't matter to them. But for the general person, you need something else. You need a different type of place to us. We understand that. We know that we're not going to be the main um, the main source of bud for most people. Uh, most people are going to smoke way more than they get from here. And they're going to get from other places as well. And we're happy with that. It's not a problem. We want to be part of people's experience, not the only experience that they have. So I'm going to play devil's advocate here as people have done to me and say, how do you, so people walk in here, they pay money, actual cash, and they walk away with weed. So how does the, how do you sort of differentiate the, the, the line between dealing and between, you know, trade between members? So... We've looked at the law in multiple different ways and from multiple different angles, and we've tried to fit in as much as possible. 
Um, originally, the, uh, there's a think tank that made a recommendation to the UN that said that if you have uh, weed legalized for personal use in the country, that you should follow the Spanish model of uh, clubs. We have done that as much as possible. We actually did set up as a non-profit originally. Uh, unfortunately, you have to get permission from the government to actually operate as a non-profit after you've opened the company. We didn't get that. So the legal framework in South Africa won't allow us to operate the way that it's been recommended that we should. So we have to operate like this. Um, we are not buying and selling bud. Um, people are contributing to the costs of growing the bud. Once there is legislation that gives us the opportunity to change this, we will. Um, I know in the Hayes Club application, they've said, look, what we're doing, we believe is correct. If it's not correct, please tell us. Um, it would be nice to have clarity to understand what's happening. But, you know, as we spoke about earlier, the parliament was given two years to put in legislation. It's three years later and we've seen nothing. Mm. So you've got to, you've got to look at the legal framework and you've got to act accordingly. Yeah, I mean, I think I think that's an important uh, sort of differentiator to make is that people are not coming here and buying weed. What the real the real mechanism behind it all is that your growers are being compensated not for the weed that they're giving, but for their time, their cost, the resources that they're spending. Um, you know, I look I look at it as if you've got a couple of mates. Always helps to bring it down to small numbers so people can understand. As if you've got a couple of mates, you say, well. You're very good at growing, so I'm gonna buy the light. Your other mate's gonna buy the, you know, the materials, and we're gonna pay you for your time because you're gonna spend two hours or whatever a day. Can't expect that for free, so you know that's what you get paid for. Then the weed at the end of the day gets split, however. So I agree with that 100%. Um, what what people seem don't seem to realize is that uh, growing weed properly is really hard. If you just want outdoor stuff that you can throw a seed in the ground and it grows, hey, we live in South Africa. It's amazing. You can just throw a seed in the ground and it grows. You get a certain level of quality from that. That's not bad. But if you want more control over how your bud's going to turn out, what it's going to taste like, the effectiveness, things like that, it's got to be grown indoors. If you're growing indoors, there is a serious cost to that. Um, the lights are expensive. Um, the equipment's expensive. Once you start growing, you realize you need uh, dehumidifiers and air conditioners and all sorts of different things and sensors. Then you need the right nutrients and everything. And as, once you've got all of that, you're going to have to grow five or six times before you actually learn what you're doing. So it's a very expensive process. Um, to expect somebody to go off and do it on their own and then just hand out bud to people after they've done it is ridiculous because it's a serious investment of tens of thousands of rands just to be able to grow a small indoor grow at home. So we understand that. We know what it's about. We know what it takes. Um, if somebody is growing a few hundred grams for us, we know what goes into that. There's no ways you can expect somebody to invest that money themselves and then just hand the bud over to someone. So yes, the bud gets donated, sorry, the seeds or the mother plant get donated to the club. It becomes the club's property. Um, everyone is a member of the club and a shareholder in that bud. So it pretty much belongs to everyone already. And then the grower gets reimbursed for their time and materials. And you've got to remember, time can be hectic. I mean, when it comes time to uh, harvest and you've got to trim, it could take days you know, there's, there's got to be some sort of reimbursement for that because you can't sit and spend 
days and days on something and not get paid for it. Let's walk through the experience here. Walking in, and I'm not going to say where this place is, but uh, member gets invited, walks in, walk me through the experience. So, so most members come in, they've never been inside before. Uh, you become a member and then you come in. Uh, members are allowed to bring guests in. You have one guest with you. The guest pays quite a hefty fee to come in because it is a members club. It's not a guest club. Um, so most members come upstairs. They've never seen this before. They walk inside. We can always tell when someone's coming for the first time because you see their jaw hit the floor. Um, it is a special place. It's very different. It's not what you're expecting. So even the guys who know what it is and come upstairs expecting something are shocked because it's a very, very high-end members club. Um, you know, think Soho House for Weed. Um, you know, it's that type of thing. When you come in, you're quite happy to spend the day here. It's a comfortable environment. We've got a lot of people that work here throughout the day. It's uh, it wasn't our intention in the beginning, but it has become a co-working space. So, you know, we open up at 10 o'clock in the morning and we have people here from 10 o'clock in the morning and guys fight over who gets, well, not fight, but people jostle for the private room because that's where you get to do your business calls in private and things like that. So it's a very different type of place. You'll walk in here at any time. You'll find a bunch of stoners getting stoned. You'll find some people who happen to smoke weed who are also working throughout the day. Um, there'll be people popping in and out, maybe for lunch, dinner, whatever. We also have a lot of people coming in who don't smoke at all. And they come in and chill and uh, get something to eat. Um, it's the type of place we wanted. We wanted to make it comfortable, upmarket and enjoyable for everyone. And it's hard to compare it to something because there isn't really much out there. Um, either call it weed work or Soho House with Weed. was exactly that experience you come up you know in the past you, you get your weed you know it was not a not a pretty picture getting weed you know so always looking over your shoulder or whatever and you walk in here and you know there's a coffee shop there's a restaurant there's a, there's a bar there's a you know there's a, there's a bud bar professional bud tenders everything is crisp and clean so yeah the experience is uh is something people are not used to you know very much so. Um, look, there's going to be places like this popping up all over. We know in Las Vegas now they're starting to hand out licenses for on-site consumption, um, which has been the biggest barrier to this. I mean, we've got, we consume on-site because we've got massive extraction. I mean, you've been here five minutes after the last joint goes out. There's no smell. There's no smoke. There's no nothing. You couldn't tell what this place is. Um, not everywhere is like that. Um, we try to make it very different. There was nothing that we could base it on because there wasn't anything out there that that was the same. But the idea very much was these places are awesome. It's great going to coffee shops in Amsterdam and places like that. It really is. It's, you know, it's, I mean, I've been doing it for years. I love it. But it's not somewhere that I'd like to spend a day. Mm. Um, you know, you t kind of get your stuff, you have a smoke, and you get out of there. It's a little bit dingy. It's a little bit grotty. Uh, obviously, the ones in Amsterdam are very touristy. And even if you find the ones further out from the center of the city that aren't touristy, they're still not the cleanest, nicest places where you want to be. Um, you know, we have people bringing clients in here for business meetings. Um, that's, that's amazing to us. You know, if you are that comfortable that you're going to bring your client in here, have a meeting, a meal, and a joint, it's great. Uh, the first time we, we saw that, they did it in this room. Uh, they did a presentation on the big screen. They had a meal. Had a joint afterwards, I said to the client, what did you think? He said to me, best meeting ever. 
You know, I mean, that's what we're looking for. Yeah, yeah, sure. And what do you see? How do you see this all rolling out? I mean, there's our case on the go. Myrtle's case is still on the go. Uh, cannabis master plans kind of coming up. The private for purpose bill is now also, you know, getting redrafted. How do you see? So one, how do you see it? What's what do you think the the sort of um, what do you think the reality is versus what do you want to see? So, so the reality is uh, things are a big mess. As you know, the parliament was given two years to enable legislation that's in line with the constitution around marijuana. It's been almost three years and nothing's been done. Uh, I know correctional services and justice have put through something which just looks ridiculous. 600 grams per household, 1,200 grams if there's more than one person. Um, the, the rules around that are just unenforceable uh, and completely unplayable, but they still put out rubbish like that. Um, the Cannabis Master Plan is the first intelligent document I've seen coming out of the South African government that realistically looks at the situation and understands where we are. Um, South Africa is a very, very mature marijuana market. Um, there are brand names that have been out there for years. Um you know, in most places, you don't have that type of stuff. We've got, as the government admits, 900,000 growers. I reckon it's way more than that. I think they said 28 billion rand uh, market. I think it's probably double that. Um, I don't think they understand how big the market is and how entrenched it is. Um, what is nice is to see that um, Department of Agriculture put out a very good document. From what I understand, the Department of Health has thrown their weight behind that document. Just last um, week. Yeah. yeah. So that's why they're not joining the case. Hmm. Um, it's great to see that we have some forward-thinking, intelligent people in charge of some of these departments who have realized the reality. Um, it's a little bit unfortunate that Tito Mbaweni isn't the finance minister anymore because the biggest driver of jobs and tax revenues around the world these days is marijuana. And he knows that and he was pushing for that. Um, hopefully whoever's taken over from him is going to be doing the same. We do need it in South Africa. It is a massive, massive market. We have a massive production capability. Um, if you remember back to the old days where all you could get was Swazi or Malawi Cobb or Pondo Creams or Transkai, things like that, we had the, the strongest natural weed in the world. Everywhere else in the world, they got rubbish that was grown outdoors that they had to process into hash and things like that. Um, we never had to do that. Our weed straight off the... The vine, as it's as you as you say, you could just crush it, smoke it, and it's beautiful, and it's strong, and it's natural. Um, a lot of that's been adulterated now, so we can't talk about that. But we've got that market, we've got that understanding, we've got that a broad reach across everyone. Um, we've got top businessmen worth hundreds of millions of rands who smoke on a regular basis, all the way down to people who grow on the farms and have never left the farm to go to the city, but they still smoke on a regular basis. And we need to include everyone. Um, and I think the social grow-ups are the best way of doing it. Because if you have a club and you are restricted to only getting from suppliers around your area, I think that's great. It creates a local market. It helps the big and the small growers around you. And you're not going to be someone in Cape Town buying from a licensed grower in Limpopo. Um, you're going to be forced, you should be forced to get from the guys in Cape Town, obviously when it's legal. Um, I think if we can go towards that, it solves the problem for everyone because you'll have big growers who will spend millions of rands setting up indoor grows 
and they'll be able to distribute and you'll have these mom and pop guys who've been growing in their fields. I mean, if you go to Soweto, people grow in the fields there. They cover it up with millies. So you see the weed growing in the millies. They've been doing it for years and years and years. Those people know what they're doing. They know how to grow good weed. How do we get that into the market? Well, if you've got coffee shops and clubs in Soweto, that's exactly where they can get their bud from. Yeah. And it's up and running already. It's there. Um, the legislative framework at this moment in time is probably prohibiting things from moving forward, but the South Africans don't really work that way. They take things as a guideline and move ahead anyway. You know, how do you, it comes back to that question of how do you protect the little guy? Because if you go out into the trans sky, as you say, these guys have been growing for centuries, you know, and you don't want to set up a, a framework where the, where these people are excluded. So, as you, you mentioned, the master plan is well thought out. That's drafted by Department Agriculture. of Agriculture. Yeah. The private for purpose bill was drafted by Correctional Services. Yes. I think therein lies the difference. You know, the sort of uh, progressive bunch, agriculture. The punitive arm of the law, just not willing to budge, I don't care. Well, it's stuck in the 1970s, you know. I mean, forget about what we should be looking at here is the number one thing should be how do we protect the people that are growing already? And I'm not saying you and me who've been growing for the past couple of years. I'm talking about the people who've been growing their whole lives. They're the ones that need to be protected because regardless of it being legal or not, that is how they survive. That is how they they eat. Now, they may have other jobs, but this supplements their their income and they manage to put food on the table from selling weed, growing and selling weed. We need to make sure that those people are protected. Instead of wasting our time drawing up stupid laws that are never going to be implemented with 600 grams per person and 1,200 grams if you've got more than one person in the house and... You can give 100 grams to a friend, but they're not allowed to cover, help cover costs because then it would be dealing. I mean, just stupid rubbish. We should be concentrating on how do we build an industry that protects the little man, makes sure that they're okay. How do we build space for the big multinational players, allowing them to take advantage of the weather, um, the growing environment, all of that, to grow very, very good quality weed at a low cost and then export it mm. to other places. This is all doable. You need the will. And that's all we have time for today. Keep well, and I'll catch you next time for another toke of African Gold. <laughs>